You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, everyone. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new to the show, we talk about all things self-care and self-discovery. And today is a little conversation on self-compassion. And it's coming at the perfect time because I'm feeling <laughs> feeling a bit low on that self-compassion lately. You know, I like to be very human on this show. I like to bring the realness of self-care and wellness and our spiritual evolution to light because it is not always linear. It's just not. And there's times where we have, you know, so much light and abundance and we're rocking our our goals and we're growing and, and you know, just being the best version of ourselves. And there's times where I'm like, we are like, ugh, what is happening? And I feel a little, I feel on a personal level, feel that right now. And so I just wanted to share that sometimes that happens. For me, my body's such a good indication that I'm not giving it what it needs. I'm not taking care of it the way that it needs to be taken care of. Um, we've just been doing a lot of fun things, traveling, we've had weddings, and just things that are a lot of fun, but they are hard on the body. And ultimately that brings down kind of all parts of me when I'm tired, when I'm feeling inflamed. Um, and so it's, I'm always so grateful to my body for saying, hey, Ashley, you need to slow down. You need to take a rest. You need to start feeding yourself with good food. Um, you know, you need to pull back from habits that detract from your sleep, especially alcohol. And, you know, I'm grateful. I'm just grateful that my body can say that. Sometimes for me, it'll show up definitely as like fatigue and tiredness, but often it'll show up as even like my skin. My skin will flare up or my digestion gets really weird. And like I can look in the mirror and just see like you aren't your full self right now. It's time to to readjust, get back to that rest. And and you know what I think I'm I'm coming to grips with, and this is partially wanted to bring this up is that sometimes that means missing out on the fun things you know that means hey maybe instead of going to a happy hour or like a fun dinner you have to stay in and rest and I know that that is the harder decision at times but it it ultimately it opens more doors for more fun more joy afterwards because you have more energy you have more stamina to do the things that you want to do so learning lifetime sharing with you all that sometimes your you know best self is having to say no to things so that you can recoup and readjust okay 
Uh, we're talking self-compassion today with a fellow podcaster, a fellow yoga teacher, Veronica Tai. Veronica and I were connected by way of our friend Kelly Smith. Kelly was on her show um, not too long ago and connected and said, hey, you guys, I think you're super similar. You should chat. And so we did. We're just discussing the idea of self-compassion and what that looks like. And I think, you know, again, to my earlier point about these ebbs and flows of self-care, if you don't have compassion with yourself and you don't you don't accept that these things are not linear and that our growth is very much a windy path, it gets hard. It's hard to keep moving forward. And so that self-compassion piece is so, so critical. So this is kind of a different format today. We interview each other, essentially, and this episode will be airing on her show as well. Her show is called Curious Monkey, and she interviews a number of people in this space of of self-compassion. Veronica is a yoga teacher. She's a life coach, and she does similar things um, that I love to do in just very different ways. So it's fun to get her perspective, and I'm really grateful to have her on the show. If you are new to Yoga Magic, again, thank you. Thank you for being here, friends. I've had the joy of connecting with a number of you on Zoom and via DMs and even email. Lately, a lot of you have been um, booking cosmic self-care sessions with me, and it's been so fun to get to hear about your self-care plans, things that are working for you, your goals, what you'd like to implement more. If you are new to Cosmic Self-Care, I work with individuals one-on-one to use their birth chart to personalize self-care in your life. And luckily, this show has tons of ideas, and we look to your birth chart to get really specific to say, okay, you're a Cancer Sun. This is what will work best for you in your physical practices. You're a Capricorn Moon. This will help with your emotional practices. It's been such a joy. So if you are interested in working together, I would love to meet. I would love to work one-on-one. More information on that in the show notes. And if you're brand, brand new to Cosmic Self-Care, to this show, all the things, welcome. I have a brand new free mini course that is launching right now. It is out to the world. It's called Discover Your Self-Care Style. And what it is is just an intro into cosmic self-care. We talk through the placements that you can look to in your birth chart, how to pull your birth chart, how to use that, how to apply all of these ideas really specific to who you are into your everyday life, into your routines and your rituals. There's a free meditation in there. There's a guide for which podcast episodes to listen to um, in order to get more ideas for your sign. It's just super jam-packed and I'm giving it away for free for a week to all of you listeners for being a part of this family. I appreciate you so much. So again, that is going to be linked up in the show notes and you'll find more information on that on my Instagram at ashleysondergaard.yoga or at yoga magic podcast. All right, let's get to this conversation on compassion, self-compassion and growing as individuals with Veronica Tai. Should we just dive in? Let's let's do it. Let's just let's do yeah, it. let's just dive in. Okay. <laughs> You're, this is when two podcasters who normally lead conversations get on a show together just to visit and chat. This is what happens. My name is Ashley, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm the host of the podcast, Yoga Magic. I'm a self-care coach, specifically using astrology to navigate self-care. I am a yoga teacher of 10 years and I'm a mom of two little girls. And I'm just, I'm really grateful to be talking with a like-minded human today. So I love that. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, we really have so much in common. So first I'll introduce myself. Hello, everybody who's listening in. My name is Veronica Tai. I am also a fellow podcaster. I'm the host of the Curious Monkey podcast. And of course, if you guys are listening into the Curious Monkey podcast, you already know that. I'm a life coach. I help people get clarity on what it is that they truly desire from life and actually have the courage to get it. Because those are two totally different ball games there. So I've learned. I'm also a fellow yoga teacher. And yeah, which, you know, Ashley, you and I also have in common. And another thing that we have in common that we're probably going to kind of bring into the conversation today is I'm also a fellow ex-hustler, <laughs> like yes. living that yes. hustle life, tons of self-pressure, lots of perfectionism. I call myself a recovering perfectionist. So yeah. uh, I think you've been through that run as well. And it's really through what we're going to talk about today, self-compassion, self-care, and a spiritual journey that brings us to a place where it doesn't always have to be the earth is crumbling. It doesn't always have to be do or die. It can really be a placeful, peaceful place to be in. When you stopped hustling, Veronica, like whatever that means for you, when you started to just like step into your intuition, like what was the biggest shift that you noticed? Were you still able to like get the dreams and the goals and do all the things? Or like, I'm just curious because it was definitely wild for me. I know. And I can't wait to hear your story with it too. I think there's a story that needs to be shared Mm -hmm. about switching from hustle to ease in the first place. And if I'm totally transparent, I'm still working on it. You know, like I had to swing. (laughs) Yeah. I had to swing between hustle and potatoes so many damn times Mm -hmm. to really figure out what ease and flow really feels like. That is something that, uh, I now can help people with, but before that, I didn't even know that it was an option or no scratch that. I knew it was an option and I didn't realize that I wasn't taking that option. Mm -hmm. So the whole, my whole hustle story is like many other people in, on this planet who lives in a more Westernized society, I learned to hustle. Mm -hmm. Meaning that I learned to put a lot of pressure on myself. I learned that productivity, how much you perform, how well you perform, how much you achieve, how well you achieve is definitive of your character. And that letting any of that go means letting go of a very important piece of your identity or success, right? Mm -hmm. So the hustle for me looked a lot like self-pressure. It looked a lot like when I was in school striving for the best grade, right? I, I don't want 80%. I want a hundred percent. And the whole story with that is I kept getting 80%. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> where I was. Yeah. yeah. I kept getting 80%. So I never felt good enough. And what the hustle looked like for me coming into adulthood, let's say the corporate world, which is where I began my quote unquote, adult career, real career is always wanting that, that next position, Mm -hmm. needing to do better than your coworkers, needing to perform, to be recognized for the report, to just keep doing more. And that can be a very toxic mentality, especially in the corporate world, because guess what? Nobody is ever going to come up to you and say, hey, you've been working too hard. Maybe you should reduce that overtime. 
no one is going to come up to you and say that. So you need to regulate that for yourself before mm. you drive yourself into the ground, before you burn out and get exhausted. Yes. And then I ditched that corporate job to do what I was meant to do, with, to be aligned with what was true for me, teaching yoga and starting a podcast. Eventually life coaching came in, but when I first quit my job, teaching yoga and starting a podcast. Yes. You know, now I'm aligned. Now I can do everything that I want. And I still brought in that habit of hustle Mm -hmm. and what hustle looked like as an entrepreneur was pulling 17 hour days. There was one time where I pulled a 24 hour day. It was highly unhealthy. And it was that self-pressure of not being able to stop until you reach a certain point, until you reach a certain point. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I hired my very first coach, who was fantastic, that she broke that mentality for me. I didn't even know that I was in it. I thought I wasn't in it. And she's like, oh, no, you're, you're in it. And what even happened? She said, what if you don't work that hard? And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. What (laughs) if, like what happens? I know. Yeah. She's like, what if you took your days and spent a good amount of time, like, you know, playing, chilling, Mm -hmm. relaxing. And I was like, hmm, sorry. Like, yeah. (laughs) What do we do with that? And so that, you know, that's the initial hustle story of how I've lived that for so many years until I realized there's a different way that you can do this. And that different way involves ease and flow. It involves ditching the self-pressure. It involves ditching the hustle, this forcing yourself to do things, even though you're tired and more honoring where you're at and what you need. And I can tell you that, again, I'm still swinging. I'm still like trying to figure out potato hustle, potato hustle. But the times that I do land in ease and flow, magic happens. Mm -hmm. And it's it has happened where because I was working on letting go, surrendering, letting go, surrendering, taking inspired action, not taking action that's forceful. I've had workshops that filled up overnight. I have had venues that was, well, one venue that was like literally handed to me at no cost, except for the oh price gosh. of two participants. I've, yeah, a lot of magic starts to seep into your life when Mm -hmm. you kind of take your hands off. So that's me and hustle and yourself. That's a good, (laughs) you know, like divine feminine exercise, right. Of that Mm -hmm. receiving, I feel it's different. So we have so much in common in, in the moving from a more structured career per se into teaching yoga and podcasting and all these areas. And it's funny where the hustle was really for me was around what the next step was like the next logical step was as a young adult. Right. So it's like you finish undergrad, you take your first job, you go to grad school, you get married, you get a house, you know, move to the burbs, have kids. Well, all the things like in my mind, I, I hated that idea of like following that structure yet. That's what I was doing. I was like, okay, here's all the next logical steps. And it felt really uncomfortable to, to stop, I guess. Like even, mm-hmm. even it's like I, about deciding to have kids, like to even sit for a second and reflect and like, but do I want kids? Like, do I want them? I always told myself, no, 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 no. But 
I think I really did. And well, obviously I did. Cause here I am now. <laughs> I really, really did. And getting uncomfortable with doing something that was a little veered off of the course is when I started to stop hustling so much. Right. Like I wasn't, I was, I was chasing these dreams that like perhaps weren't even my own at that time and getting off of that track of what I thought I should be doing allowed me to slow down, allowed me to actually ask some questions about what I wanted. And I would say it's like you said, in terms of being an entrepreneur and still balancing that like flow versus push, I I haven't nailed it yet either. And I talk, you know, talk, we talk to a lot of people on our shows who are wildly successful in these spiritual spaces in the area of, of life coaching and self-care and all these things. And I think they also struggle with it too. It's a journey. And yet it's very top of mind, right? Where can I find the balance? We're almost in Libra season. When this airs, it's going to be Libra season, which is about balance. And you have to have both sides, right? You have to have the push and you have to have the pull. And so I think it's okay for us to be in that, right? In that navigation of finding where to to land, where to land in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I don't, that's the thing. Here's the thing too. One of the biggest lessons we're, we're recording this like Q3, Q4 of mm-hmm. 2021. So it's already been the better part of the year. And one of the biggest messages that had come through from a lot of conversations that I've had with guests this year is like, we're not linear beings. No. We are human beings. We're part of nature, which means that we're cyclical, just like how the seasons change from season to season, just like how trees change with the seasons, trees, uh, leaves grow, leaves fall off, leaves grow, leaves fall off. We are human. And I, you know, I think the hustle this now, see, this is what happens. I get too many ideas and then I, it comes out in a jumble, but here, let me, my listeners are used to this. Thanks guys. So, (laughs) so let me try to bring my two points here. The one is right. So we are not linear beings and that ties into what we are talking about with the hustle, because you had a certain structure and that structure, as we love to do it as humans, especially Westernized humans, step by step by step, you go to school, you go to post-secondary, you graduate, you get yeah, a house, yeah. you get a job. You have your 1.5 children with your Mm -hmm. white picket fence. And I felt that kind of suffocation early on. And I was like, no, there has to be something more. There has to be something more than this. I grew up in a smaller city, or maybe it was just the people around me who loved the idea of this. And it just, I think it's great. And it actually sounds really wonderful. I don't think it was for me at that time, though, Mm -hmm. which made me run, which I did. And it was great. I ran to a different city. It was fantastic. And there began the whole self self healing and self discovery journey. And another thing with this whole hustle mentality, why I think it worked so well when our sense of normal got knocked off its boots, I'm guessing when you had kids, like whatever you think the plan was supposed to be. I heard kids have a way with that. Like it, it oh, maps the plan right out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no plans. I mean, no plans. yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah. And, and then for me, I don't have kids yet, but when I think back about the whole, okay, well, you know, I knew that that uh, generalized path of job 
family, kids, whatever it is, just wasn't for me. And I kept the hustle there was like, I need to find my purpose. I need to find my purpose. I was attaching so hard to it. And then when I became an entrepreneur, I need to make this work. I need to make this work. I need to like, there's so much attachment and what helps with that mentality is understanding that it's not linear, that Mm -hmm. you don't go step by step by step by step. And it should turn out a certain way. We're cyclical beings and our journeys in itself by nature is also cyclical that Mm -hmm. there are ups and there are downs. Sometimes we move back a little in order to move forward. And it's not clean cut. Like so many of us want it to be. Mm -hmm. We want it. I think we get impatient too. And it's so perfect today that we're talking about self-compassion and self-care. And, and I, I want to get your insight in self-compassion because I think through this process, and I'm feeling this right now a lot in that I'm doing all the right things as an entrepreneur. At least I think I'm, I am, I'm doing the things that I'm being told to. And I'm a little impatient with like where I, where I think I'm supposed to be. (laughs) And I want to learn more compassion for myself, knowing that I, again, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. I'm not giving up. I'm getting up every day and I'm doing the things and I'm resting and I'm finding the balance still trying to be a good mom. And yet I'm still like, God, what is happening? <laughs> Do you know? Why aren't we there yet? <laughs> Where is there? Where is there? So give me your self-compassion goodness. Cause I need oh, help. Oh my <laughs> goodness, Ashley. That is such a good question. Thank you for bringing all of that up. Um, I, as I was getting ready for this episode, this recording with you today, I didn't I thought I would see every time I say I have a plan, I think the universe laughs because like, my whole life story is P.S. Stop planning. Right. It doesn't work the way you want it to. So I had this whole plan, universe laughs, to, to prepare for our episode. And, and it was actually my journaling that this whole wave of insight came through. And you mentioned divine feminine earlier. Mm-hmm. That is exactly the energy that came through. Mm-hmm. Just this big wave of love, this big wave of divine feminine energy. I think most of our listeners know the whole divine feminine and masculine energy, but just in case you don't know the divine feminine and masculine, we're not saying that like divine feminine is girls only and masculine is guys only. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's like in yoga terms, the Inga and Pingala, the two uh, threads of energy that run through us. One is, or you can think about like the right side of your brain versus the left side of your brain. One is more action oriented, highly productive and kind of linear. And then the other one, the one that we don't pay as much attention to is the energy of flow, nourishment. This is where self-compassion comes in, creativity and rest. Yeah. So that's that divine feminine energy. I find that whenever I connect to that, it brings me easily back into self-compassion. And I think, oh, Goodness gracious, I don't, there's so many pieces to self-compassion, but maybe just to answer the question that you just asked, how about the self-compassion when it comes to needing things to happen faster? (laughs) Story of my life. Like, yeah, (laughs) like the, the hustle, by the way, isn't just in the actions that we do. It's not 
just the person who does like a thousand things in a day. The hustle can happen in your mind. In fact, that's Mm. part of what makes you so mentally exhausted. The, I should be there. Why aren't I there? I had this target. I didn't meet this target. The easiest question to bring me back to a place of like simmering, a place of peace and a place where I'm more open to that self-compassion is, well, what are you making it mean? That you're not there yet, right? I have that thought a thousand times. It tends to happen either in June or in September because it's like June's halfway through the year and September is like, there's only four more months in the year. Yeah, what is that about September? I totally agree with that. That is bizarre. It's like all of a sudden back to school and like it's Virgo for sure. I think, is it? Oh, I love that you're bringing this astrology stuff in. So what does Virgo mean? Well, Virgo is very... like list oriented, like check it off. Like, okay, Mm. I'm doing, I'm doing all the things. Check, 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 check. And now I'm complete. Like there's this, there's this analytical, like step-by-step linear version of Virgo season that, Mm. that yields us to want some sort of return. And yet what, I mean, like you're saying, like, what are we attaching? What return? What is that? Are we fabricating in our brains? Like, what does that actually look like? These aren't, these aren't real things. Success as a podcaster. What does that mean? <laughs> Gosh, yes. And I've been in, this is such a great conversation, really candid actually, because I've been in the thick of it because it is September. And yeah. I, for me anyways, I think it's because September is that kind of like back to school, back to usual, uh, back to a routine. Even mm-hmm. if you don't mm-hmm. have kids, everyone, everyone else who does have totally. kids and all the kiddos are getting back to their routine. Summer's over. And on the business end of things, this is when for many business owners, you begin planning out the next year. Mm-hmm. You're beginning to plan out 2022. So it's almost like if you let yourself, it's almost like as if the next four months are like, no, it's over. It's done. Now we're into 2022. And I, I, for myself, I sense that pressure of like, but wait, but wait, I'm not like where I want to be yet, but wait. And the one question that keeps bringing me back is what are you making it mean? Yeah. What's one thought that you usually get like of this? I'm not there yet. And I'll think of one for myself too. Hmm. So I think because there is no ceiling as an entrepreneur, right? Like financially, there's really not a ceiling. It's hard to understand or to grasp like financial goals for, for me. I find them to be like super fluid, right? So that being like this, this invisible thing out there is like what goals to try to reach for in terms of like as a coach or as a and maybe it's not even financial. Maybe it's even just like people, right? How many people can I touch? How many people can I help? And that is so ugh, kind of fuzzy that I, it just becomes too much to even fathom. And so goal setting is like a uh, very, it doesn't work for me. So mm. where I would like some self-compassion is to bring more more success, quote unquote, feel that sense of accomplishment in things that aren't like new, like aren't analytical, aren't numerical. They're not money oriented. They're not necessarily like numbers of people. They're more like the, the intangibles, if that makes sense. Oh, so good. Yes. I think you bring up such a good point uh, that it is at the end of the day, it is. I caught myself in this loop. See, I, as coaches, as yoga teachers, I know we tell our students and our clients, 
it's success is what you define it to be. Right. And also one of my big things, and I, I wonder if this is your train of thought too. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not playing the chasing game, right? Like it's not, I will be happy when I will be happy when. Mm. So I caught myself in this loop the other day. I was journaling and I was like, you know, I'm feeling that why aren't I there yet? It's September. Ah, like, I don't know, like something happens in September, apparently. And and why aren't I there yet? Whatever my goals may be, I might not even have goals. It's this old, uh, remember recovering perfectionism that's coming back. Right. And so I, I let it run. I let it run. And I think this is part of the self-compassion as well, that when we have something fearful happen, when we have something uncomfortable happen, the first thing we want to do is to make it go away because it's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And yet, totally. yeah, yeah. You try to make it go away. If you're a coach, you think you're super witty and clever because you'll <laughs> self-coach yourself out of it. If you have some other tools in, in your toolkit. Even if you're not a coach, you, you take out whatever you can, like you breathe in child's pose, just make it go away. And yet sometimes breathing with it is what's going to help heal it, is what's going to help alleviate it. In fact, Thich Nhat Han, one of the mindfulness teachers out there, he teaches, I think it's the compassion of heart. The heart of compassion is, is mm. his book. He says, Place your hand on your heart, look at the place that feels uncomfortable, and all you need to do is breathe in and breathe out. Let that be there, whether it be anxiety, stress, that thought that keeps rolling around in your head, like I'm not there yet, I'm not there yet, but I thought I was going to get here, but I thought I was going to get here. Let it be there, let it be there, let it be there. Three, four minutes, just breathing in and out, welcoming it in. Tara Brock also does this mm-hmm. meditation teacher, mm-hmm. let it be there, let it be there. And you'll find that it loosens when you don't mm-hmm. force it to loosen. It loosens when you don't try to make it be any other way than it is. And that's a part of self-compassion, right? To let it be, to let all of you be, not to hide certain parts of yourself, not to have to change other parts of yourself, just to really accept yourself as your whole self, the shadow and the light, all Mm. of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's one. And then the other one, I learned this from, have you ever heard of Lisa Nichols? Mm -mm. Oh, she's a really wonderful motivational speaker. I, I really like listening to her and she's got this practice that I've been doing. And I think it's fantastic because it brings us to what you were at, like talking about the step by step, like the, the, the successes, the small wins. I talk about celebration a lot, like really celebrating all your wins, big and small. And I still believe that. However, I totally got like so down into a rut, to be honest, where I was like complete Eeyore, like mm. such an Eeyore, like any little win is like, yeah, but I still have like a thousand steps to go. Yeah, but right, right. It, mm-hmm. it didn't feel genuine. So Lisa Nichols offers up this practice where every single day you you're supposed to do this in front of a mirror. I still feel kind of weird doing it, but uh, you do it in front of a mirror and you list out seven things that you're proud of, of yourself and of it yourself. Ha- yeah. Of yourself. It doesn't have to be 
something that you did that day, just in general. And that really tunes me back into those small things like, Hey, it was a small step. You know, I, I hate, I hate putting out pitches. It like makes my heart palpitate every time. (laughs) And I, I know as podcasters, as business entrepreneurs, like you put a lot of yourself out there. You just put a lot of yourself out there. And sometimes it feels like you're putting yourself out there just as a drop in the ocean. And you're like, Oh, there's like buckets more to go. When I look at it that way, it's defeating. However, when I look at it in the way of like, you know, that was a scary thing for you. It's always scary for you to do this. And you did it anyway. Like proud of you. Good job. Yeah. I actually feel good. It's time to talk about one of our favorite sponsors over here at Yoga Magic, and that's Boca. So when I think of self-care, I think of a lot of things. I think of my skincare routine, and I think of movement, and I think of meditation in all these areas, but sometimes I forget about self-care for my mouth and my teeth. And then I remember that Boca's got me covered. It's all good. So Boca is a mindful oral care brand. We know that sleep and diet and exercise are super essential to wellness, and yet the mouth is a huge source of disease and inflammation. So Boca is making oral care products safer for your body. They use clean ingredients in their toothpaste, their flosses, they have really amazing toothbrushes made from sustainable materials, and big bonus everyone, their products really work. They just launched a brand new toothpaste flavor, Lemon Lavender, and it is so yum, I highly recommend. So if you wanna upgrade your oral routine with some cleaner ingredients, head over to boca.com and use the code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off. That's one word, YOGAMAGIC, at B-O-K-A.com to get 15% off. Mm, that's helpful. I'm, I keep thinking coaches need coaches too, right? Like it's, this is like what we do. Always. Like, we can't see our own blind spots. No, We need totally. someone to help us see those blind spots. So Ashley, tell us about you and self-compassion and what your practices are. Well, definitely in the self-compassion space for me is is learning about who I am. And I, I love astrology and I love to use astrology as this like validation of really who I am, where I thrive, where I'm challenged, how I interact with the world. And do you do much in astrology, Veronica? Veronica do you do like, have you had your chart read before? I have. Okay. So I, yeah, like, like a hairstylist where I would never cut my, well, I did, and it didn't turn out well. So <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. last year and a half. <laughs> so I would all, I would never color my own hair. Like I would never try to turn my own hair blonde. Right. Sure, sure. I totally need a hairstylist for that. Same with astrology. I don't think I can astrology myself and like help myself understand my birth chart. I would totally need someone like you who's into astrology to like help me navigate what the planets are telling us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's very, it, like you said, we're, we don't see our own blind spots. And for me now having studied astrology for some time and working with the birth chart, the thing that's really cool about the birth chart specifically is that it doesn't change. It is a snapshot of the sky. The minute you were born, it's a static piece of information. And so when I look at a birth chart, whether it be mine, whether it be my partners or my kids or my friends or my family, I get to see who they are at their essence. And that's not always like good or bad. There are 
spectrums to every part of the chart and what we choose to embody the light or the dark, the shadow, whatever we were deciding we're taking on in that moment is really up to us. That's where that free will comes in. However, it's so validated and it gives me so much self-compassion to know, you know what? I'm a pretty emotional human. I am a nurturer. I'm a cancer son. So I love taking care of other people. And sometimes at the detriment of myself, I'm a Capricorn moon, which tends to be a little bit hard on myself in the inner workings and the subconscious. Those thoughts are, are pretty tough at times. And when I know that I say, oh, wow, that's, that's who you are. There is so much more compassion for again, just who I am. And I can work with that. And you, you touched on this earlier too, that, you know, just sitting with that discomfort and evaluating it and maybe doing some journaling and just feeling the feels is so, so helpful in transformation in moving to the next step, the next logical step that is in alignment with who I am. But because I have, you know, all this information I, I can kind of direct where I listen through the birth chart. So that's a long answer to your, your, your question of self-compassion. Always, I man, astrology is just magic, straight up magic. Oh, I love it. Okay, let's, can we take like a quick tangent with this astrology please, stuff? Please, and please. I love, you know, it's anything that helps us better understand ourselves, anything that holds a mirror up to either validate what we already know about ourselves or to shed light in the areas that we didn't realize about ourselves. And that can be strengths that can be shadows either way. It's helpful. And yeah, that is part of self-compassion too, Mm -hmm. right? That we are willing to look at all of the pieces to embrace all of the pieces now. Okay. Because we're talking about, uh, astrology, you are a, uh, cancer sun, cancer sun. Yep. Capricorn moon. And then what's your rising sign? If you were to guess that, I think it's hard to guess I sometimes, don't, but like, if you're not really into astrology, I feel like I don't know enough about the signs to take a good guess, but that's fair. is, is it, would it be, would it be a Libra? That's the, that's the balance. That's thing, right? very, that is very intuitive of you. Not, it's not, but <laughs> cancer and Libra. <laughs> Cancer and Libra have that similar energy of like, of taking care of other people. So that's what you're picking up on. I do like to ask this question to people to have them guess, because you can kind of see, I mean, you can, there's always a tie to what's in the chart. I'm an Aries rising where Aries is very much the sign of the self. What's what's interesting about this. Okay. So what is your rising sign? I know I'm trying to think of it. It's the one I, I think it might be Aries or Virgo. It's the one where people think you're a little bit aloof, aloof, <laughs> a little bit like logical aloof. Oh, probably more. Virgo that more so Maybe than Virgo. Aries. Okay. I would say probably, um, I'm trying to think of the opposite of, okay. So what you, uh, you're ascending, you're a rising sign. If you look at the opposite sign of that, that's your descendant. So as a life coach, you, you most likely attract a lot of people that are, that have the energy of your descendant. Okay. So, and this is very true for me. I'm an Aries rising. So my ascendant is Aries. The opposite sign of Aries is Libra. 
people that tend to do so much for others that tend to pour themselves out and not give back to themselves. That's the energy that I attract. So just go check that out. Go verify your rising sign. Look at your descendant. Totally. Other life coaches out there. This is like such an interesting study. This is so interesting. Do you think it's the same for yoga teachers too? Like, oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The types of Mm -hmm. students that are attracted to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. So you were saying I'm going with these three because they're kind of like the three basic like uh, astrology 101. Good to understand. Like, I mean, how does knowing your sun versus your moon help you? I know you mentioned it in self-compassion, but like help you in any other way. That's kind of an open question. No, it's actually very, like, that's a great question because there are, this is what I look at when I look at birth charts to help people navigate self-care. So first the sun is your essence. It's your identity, but it's also where you're shining the brightest in this particular earth, in this particular life, in your physical form. So I love to look to the sun to see what sign that sun is in for physical practices, right? So your what's your sun sign? Scorpio. Okay. Scorpio is by far the most transformative. This is hilariously perfect. I almost like mentioned Scorpio earlier. I must've like picked up on it because <laughs> you're talking about like sitting in the, sitting in the, uh, the kind of the hard sitting in the challenge. Mm-hmm. Scorpio is actually really good at that. They kind of like that. They kind of like to sit in the hard and the, the darkness because they're the Phoenix. They rise out of the ashes and are taking over and manifesting and making, making things happen. So for a Scorpio sun, if you're thinking about physical practices, Scorpio is really magnetic, is really transformative, is really sensual. So being connected to the physical body in some way, whether that be like dance or I, I, this is sort of silly, but I often tell my Scorpio sons to be naked, (laughs) to be naked. You know, like, like connect to your physical body in a beautiful way and just and honor that and, and yeah. find there's, you know, there's that creation, there's that magnetic energy in, in Scorpio. Um, so physical practices for the sun. And then do you know your moon? It's Scorpio. <laughs> no, I'm way. actually, I'm Scorpio in like six houses. Yeah. <laughs> Girlfriend, like... You can manifest the craziest. I cannot wait to hear the things that you manifest in your life because I'm working on it. But like, (laughs) I know. And the thing is, that's one thing that's driven me crazy about this whole astrology thing, because Scorpio's one thing that really helped when I did get my natal chart read was, well, when you, oh, and I interviewed, um, Patricia Panasri, who is an astrologist. And she gave us like on the curious monkey podcast and astrology 101. I think one of the most helpful parts of that interview was she's like astrology and horoscope are not the same thing. Like yeah. horoscopes are what you read in the newspaper and they're, they're doing it because they're trying to like up their sales, right? Astrology is actually like the science of looking mm-hmm. at the planets and doing it with a lot more detail behind it's it. It's more personalized. More it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're looking at something like, like this, the houses, they're changing very frequently. Yes. So your rising sign that changes really frequently as well. And that's, you're getting really, really specific into you, into Veronica versus Versus like a bunch of people that were born in the month of September. Do you know what I mean? Like this is in the way whole more wide specific. world. Yeah. 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 Totally. I think that was the point that she was driving home. Mm-hmm. So what was really cool, well, helpful is she's like, your astrology and your horoscope are not the same thing. Like what mm-hmm. you read in the newspaper is not astrology, just to let you know. And the thing is, it used to drive me crazy because I read about Scorpios being dark, mysterious and sensual. And I'm like, 
yeah, I wish I was, <laughs> but like, not for the life of me. Like, that's just not how I am. And then when I had my natal chart read it, I learned that something about Jupiter, the planet of joy is yeah. over some house when I was born. And so she's like, you're intense, but you're like intensely happy. Mm. You're not, it's not the other kind of intense where you're like dark and like sulking or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the newspapers. Was it in Sagittarius? Jupiter and Sag? Oh, I can't even tell you. <laughs> I, if I were to guess, because oh, Sagittarius is super optimistic. That's yeah. interesting though. And here too, like once you coming back to self-compassion, right. there's like, when you hear these things that people tell you that you should be doing, right. Whether like you should be embodying Scorpio in this way, or you should take this corporate job, or you should become a mother or whatever it is that I, that might not be your truth at all. And so by coming in, like really doing that self-study work about what you want, where you're feeling, you know, challenged, looking at your birth chart, really all the things that we're talking about today is so, so eye-opening and it can, it can really navigate us onto you know, the true next steps to finding our authentic self. Um, but it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. I think, you know, every part that you find about find out about yourself. Like, I mean, all the tests, even the astrology, as you had mentioned out there, it's not definitive. It's a mirror for you. Like, does it fit? If it doesn't ditch it, it's a mirror. Because you I love that. know yourself the best. Yeah. I, I I'm saying this because in, in my corporate life, I was in human resources. I was so into the MBTI, the disc tests, all the things that tell you who you are. And I think I was using it in to a point where I was like letting it define who I was because I was so desperate to really understand who I really was and coming out the other side. Now it's really, nothing is going to define who you are more than you can for yourself, but in exploring different aspects of yourself through different types of personality structures, let's Mm -hmm. call them, whether it be the MBTI test, that's where you're, you know, extrovert, introvert, sensing intuition, or whether it be through astrology, like these are invitations, right? These are invitations for you to try something that might work for you. Like, I mean, I guess I'll play around with walking around more naked. (laughs) Like, do I like it? I'll see. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good, that's a really good way to sum that up. I love that. Yes. Trying it on. And, you know, with, with your show, my show, we're giving ideas and people can try them on and they don't have to do any of it. Really. It's just information, you know? Huge, huge, huge. And, and, you know, on the curious monkey, we love exploring different healing modalities, Mm -hmm. not because we're in such a rush to heal everything, but because it's interesting for one. And number two, I always say these healing modalities work, but maybe not for you at a certain time. Totally. Some days you do need your yoga. Other days you might need sound healing and yet others you need your astrology chart read mm-hmm, <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to learn a little more about yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even talk about our spiritual journeys yet, which I think does tie into self-compassion. So what if we did this? This is totally like off the top of my head. What if we shared the three points, three of the biggest things we learned about self-compassion and maybe one of the biggest things that we've learned about taking a spiritual journey. Yeah. So three self-compassion, one spirituality. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tips for listeners on the fly. Yes. 
Biggest thing for self-compassion, know yourself. Two, don't should on yourself. (laughs) And three, I think just trust, just trust the process. And then spirituality wise, man, it's, I think that there's so much that we don't even, we can't even fathom. We can't even fathom how powerful we are as human beings. I grew up in a, in a really conservative area, in a really Catholic community and everything felt very much like within a structure, within a box. Like there's this really interesting book called the universal Christ. And it talks about God, Christ, Jesus Christ as this huge expansive being this thing. And I think how I envisioned it growing up was just this man, one little thing, you know? And when my, I started to open up my mind to all these other areas of spirituality, not just within organized religion, but within energy and who we are as, as souls, it blew that box to a million gajillion pieces. And that to me is, is this power that we all have this, this huge expansive belief in the power that we have within ourselves. And it's, it's hard to imagine sometimes actually it's, I think it's impossible to imagine, but it's there. And when we, we seek to find it, we seek to find our own power, man, this life, it's, it's truly, truly amazing. Oh, that was so good. So good. Yes. Yes. It's that expansiveness, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I'll start, start mine where you left off the, the spiritual journey. I think Mm -hmm. if I were to try, I'm actually quite verbose. I have much to say, but if I were to try to kind of tighten it up, I would just share that quote that, that is it Yogananda who says it yoga is the journey of the self Mm. through the self to the self. And you can exchange yoga with life and you can exchange life with spirituality because in this life, that's what we're all seeking for, regardless of what you think you're seeking for externally, what we really truly desire and want and crave that could really actually fulfill us is when we settle back into our own wholeness is when we can recognize our own wholeness and our wholeness, just like you were saying, Ashley, it's expansive. Mm. It's beyond the edges Mm -hmm. of who you think you are and what your physical body is. You are, you are bigger than the person that you love the most. You think about how much love you have for your pet, your baby, your spouse, who your mother, whoever you love the absolute most. And you, you know how it just feels like that love it's bigger than you. That love is bigger than you. It's not just in your body. It's not, that's not where the love is. The love is just bigger. It radiates bigger than that. Mm-hmm. That's our wholeness. Yeah. And, and this spiritual journey is the journey of coming back to that. It's not attaining anything beyond or outside of it really is this wholeness. So that's, that's beautiful. That's I love that journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really do think it ties into self-compassion because I think self-compassion is one of the vehicles that is necessary to bring you back to your wholeness, self-compassion. Okay. The first thing that I've learned about that I would want to share, like one of the biggest things that I've learned about self-compassion is to hold space for yourself, Mm. give yourself space. I've mentioned it a few times already, the space for the shadow and the light, not needing to push one thing away, not needing to feel like you had to fill something up with something else, but to recognize 
more often than not that you're okay and you're enough as you are right now. You're enough. Mm. Right now. Yeah. Nothing, nothing needs to change just right now. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is an act of self-compassion. I think similar to that, a second thing that I would share is being with, being with, that is a lot of what meditation teaches us to sit and be with, what a lot of yoga teaches us to do, right? To breathe breath by breath, regardless of how tumultuous the external world may seem and your life is crumbling around you, you have each and every inhale and exhale. And that is also like, you know, these are the three things that we do in, in, in our work, right, Ashley? Like mm-hmm. coaching mm-hmm. is all about that. Coaching is all about, oh, that's interesting. You feel like you're behind in life we're not going to try to change that. We're not going to try to judge you. We're certainly not going to judge you or shame you for that. Certainly we're not going to say something's wrong with you because you are behind in life. What we're doing with coaching is holding that space for you to, to be there with it. Hmm. You're behind in life. Well, say more. Yeah. Because say more. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we like through coaching, we become the mirrors for our clients, right? Mm-hmm. Like just shining it back where it's like, is it, are you, are you looking into a fun mirror when you say that you're behind or like, is there a way we can wipe that down and, and show you the truth of what lies behind mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So sitting with, and the third thing, I know I'm just a broken record because it's going to be <laughs> the same darn thing, but I think one of the greatest acts of compassion is to be with the fear. Mm. I think sometimes we hear motivational stuff that's like, be fearless, you know, be scared and do it. Any-. I actually think be scared and do it anyway, like slap the fear in the face. Or I think maybe it was Mel Robbins who said, bitch slap your fear or something like oh that. My gosh. And I'm like, I know what you're talking about. Something along those lines. And you know, for the right moment, for the right thing, it's actually like, it's actually really great pep talk. Totally. However, sometimes with the fear, rather than saying, Hey, you, you're a problem and I need you to go away, which is really you rejecting a part of yourself mm-hmm. is more rather to be, see broken record, be with that fear, be with that anxiety, yeah. be with that stress, no judgment, holding that space. And not just that, but looking at it to um, try to understand it. And maybe this gets a bit like esoteric, but it totally works to have a dialogue with it. Mm, that yeah. if there's a part of you that is kind of like heart is chest is tight, everything squeezing on the inside. I'm behind, I'm behind. You can actually be the loving, compassionate one and look at that part of yourself, that part of fear and say, Hey, listen, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. What you, like what's all going on with you? You're, you're behind. And often what you will find, and this happens for me every single time I do this is that behind that fear underneath whatever is so uncomfortable is a softer, smaller part of you. It's a small little child. Maybe sometimes Mm. it shows up as a different character. It could be like, um, a vulnerable little bunny, whatever, whatever it is, but it's softer and it's gentle and it's, it is scared. That's why it's showing up as fear Mm. when you can hold it. Cause you wouldn't tell a two-year-old like, 
oh, you're so ridiculous. Like, why would you even be scared of that? You wouldn't see a bunny with a broken leg and be like, well, it's over for you. Mm-hmm, right. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to hold it. You want to, you want to be with it. You want to turn toward it. And that when we can do that for those parts of ourselves, like that self-compassion. Mm, I love that. Fear can ride, but that bitch can't drive. <laughs> That's the oh quote my gosh, I'm thinking that's hilarious. of. Right? I feel like that speaks totally to what you're saying. Like, I think that's that, true. Yeah. But you're not in control of my life. Yes. 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 It's exactly that. And I think the the way that I love that actually, it's hilarious. And I think that the way that we take it too, because what is it? Fear can drive, but that bitch can't drive. It's ah, it can ride this that bitch can't drive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it can ride. Okay. So you know, there are a couple of ways of putting that fear in the back seat. There's the way where it's kind of rough and not very nice where you're like, sure. Oh, that's a good car, idea. Right. Back of the car, like stay there. Don't you dare come up here. And then there's the way where you're, you are compassionate because it's a bunny with a broken leg or it's a small two-year-old part of you. And you're like, listen, I'm going to put you back here. I hear you. I see you. Let me put a seatbelt on you. I got this. Like, I'm going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You're good. Like yeah. That. Different different. Yeah. But they still can't drive. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was fun, Veronica. I'm glad that we got that to just so like good. share our brains a little bit. Do you just want to tell yoga magic listeners about your podcast and where they can connect with you? Oh, absolutely. If you'd like to listen to more of this interconnection and doing what you're meant to do, which by the way, part two of this interview with Ashley is going to come out on, on, you can go to curious monkey. You can find me at curious monkey uh, on Instagram, or you can connect with me via my website, veronicatai.com and take a look at the podcast there. Take a look at uh, what coaching with me would look like there as well. Such a good conversation with you, Ashley. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Make sure to take advantage of the free Discover Your Self-Care mini course. More information on that in the show notes. Thank you so much to our guest, Veronica Tai, and to our sponsor, Boca. I will see you all next week. 